O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, December 20th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shemot, and it means names. Exodus 1, 18-2, 10 So, the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing, letting the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous. Before the midwife can come to them, they have given birth. And Hashem dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and increased greatly. And because the midwives feared Hashem, He established households for them. Then Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every boy that is born you shall throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. A certain man of the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw how beautiful he was, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a wicker basket for him and caulked it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child into it and placed it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And his sister stationed herself at a distance to learn what would befall him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the Nile while her maidens walked along the Nile. 
She spied the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to fetch it. When she opened it, she saw that it was a child, a boy, crying. She took pity on it and said, This must be a Hebrew child. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a Hebrew nurse to suckle the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter answered, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will pay you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, who made him her son. She named him Moses, explaining, I drew him out of the water. Sometime after that, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his kinsfolk and witnessed their labors. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinsmen. He turned this way and that, and seeing no one about, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, he found two Hebrews fighting. So he said to the offender, Why do you strike your fellow? He retorted, Who made you chief and ruler over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was frightened and thought, Then the matter is known. When Pharaoh learned of the matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh. He arrived in the land of Midian and sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and filled the troughs to to water their father's flock. But shepherds came and drove them off. Moses rose to their defense and he watered their flock. When they returned to their father rule, he said, How is it that you have come back so soon? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he then? Why did you leave the man? Ask him in to break bread. Moses consented to stay with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah as his wife. She bore a son whom he named Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. A long time after that, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites were groaning under the bondage and cried out, and their cry for help from the bondage rose up to Hashem. Haggai 1, 1 1-2-23 In the second year of Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, this word of Hashem came through the Navi Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, of the Kohen Gadol. Thus said the Lord of hosts, These people say, The time has not yet come for rebuilding the house of Hashem. And the word of Hashem through the Navi Haggai continued, Is it a time for you to dwell in your paneled houses while this house is lying in ruins? Now thus said the Lord of hosts, Consider how you have been faring. You have sown much and brought in little. You eat without being satisfied. You drink without getting your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one gets warm. And he who earns anything earns it for a leaky purse. Thus said the Lord of hosts, Consider how you have feared. Go up to the hills and get timber, and rebuild the house. Then I will look on it with favor, and I will be glorified, said Hashem. 
You have been expecting much and getting little, and when you brought it home, I would blow on it. Because of what? says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house which lies in ruins, while you all hurry to your own houses. That is why the skies above you have withheld their moisture, and the earth has withheld its yield, and I have summoned fierce heat upon the land, upon the hills, upon the new grain and wine and oil, upon all that the ground produces, upon man and beast, and upon all the fruits of labor. Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and the Kohen Gadol, Yehoshua, son of Jehozadak, And all the rest of the people gave heed to the summons of Hashem their God, and to the words of the Navi Haggai, when Hashem their God sent him. The people feared Hashem. And Haggai, Hashem's messenger, fulfilling Hashem's mission, spoke to the people. I am with you, declares Hashem. Then Hashem roused the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of the Kohen Gadol, Yehoshua, son of Jehozadak, and the spirit of all the rest of the people. They came and set to work on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month, in the second year of King Darius. On the twenty-first day of the seventh month, the word of Hashem came through the Navi Haggai, Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to the Kohen Gadol, Yehoshua, son of Jehozadak, and to the rest of the people. Who is there left among you who saw this house in its former splendor? How does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing to you. But be strong, O Zerubbabel, says Hashem. Be strong, O Kohen Gadol, Yahashua, son of Jehozadak. Be strong, all you people of the land, says Hashem, and act, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. So I promised you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit is still in your midst. Fear not. For thus said the Lord of hosts, In just a little while longer I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the precious things of all the nations shall come here, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine, and gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former one, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will grant prosperity, declares the Lord of hosts. On the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of Hashem came to Navi Haggai. Thus said the Lord of hosts, Seek a ruling from the Kohanim, as follows. If a man is carrying sacrificial flesh in a fold of his garment, and with that fold touches bread, stew, wine, oil, or any other food, will the latter become holy? In reply, the Kohanim said, No. Haggai went on. If someone defiled by a corpse touches any of these, will it be defiled? And the Kohenim responded, Yes. Thereupon Haggai said, That is how this people, and that is how this nation looks to me, declares Hashem, and so too the work of their hands. Whatever they offer there is defiled. And now take thought from this day backward. As long as no stone has been laid on another in the house of Hashem, If one came to a heap of twenty measures, it would yield only ten. And if one came to a wine vat to skim off fifty measures, the press would yield only twenty. I struck you, 
all the works of your hands with blight and mildew and hail, but you did not return to me, declares Hashem. Take note, from this day forward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, from the day when the foundation was laid for Hashem's temple, take note. While the seed is still in the granary, and the vine, fig tree, pomegranate, and olive tree have not yet borne fruit, for from this day on I will send blessings. And the word of Hashem came to Haggai a second time on the twenty-fourth day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Yehudah, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overturn the thrones of kingdoms and destroy the might of the kingdoms of the nations. I will overturn chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders shall fall, each by the sword of his fellow. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares Hashem, and make you as a signet, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Revelation 11, 1-19 And there was given me, John, a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not, for it is given to the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty-two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of Israel. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues, as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand. And the remnant were afraid, and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. 
And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and were and are to come, because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. And the nations were angry, and your wrath is come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should give reward to your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Psalm 139, 1-24 O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my down-sitting and my uprising. You understand my thoughts afar off. You compass my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yes, the darkness hides not from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My substance was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in your book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O Lord! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do not hate them, O Lord, that hate do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate you, and am I not grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred, I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Proverbs 30, 15 and 16 The horse leech has two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yes, four things say not it is enough. 
the grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that says not, it is enough. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Haggai. It's a short little book that we read all of it in its entirety today. And I'd like to read to you the introductory comments to this book from the Israel Bible. The tenth of the Trey Asar Sefer Haggai is the first book written after the first wave of exiles returned to Eretz Israel in 536 BC. After the Persian Empire defeated the Babylonians, Cyrus the Great allowed the Jewish exiles to return home. Those Jews who returned to their ancestral land did so filled with idealism and hope, but soon the harsh reality of rebuilding their destroyed homes and repairing their scorched fields overtook them. The land was parched, the rains did not fall, and the returnees were barely capable of sustaining themselves. At the same time, the Persian Empire was shaken by a series of revolts, and the people who had moved into the land of Israel in their absence began making trouble for the returnees. Into this picture stepped Haggai. He carried a brief, direct message. The people who lived in Israel were not sinners, but they were so concerned with their individual lives, needs, and wants that they forgot the primary purpose of the return, their primary mission. The reason the people of Israel were to dwell in the land of Israel was to proclaim the name of the God of Israel. Instead of concerning themselves with their personal needs, the people must dedicate their efforts to building a second temple where Hashem's presence can rest and from there emanate all over the world. If the people of Israel would recognize the cosmic significance of their actions and efforts, not only would they receive rains of blessing, but they would also affect change the world over. As described in Sefer Ezra, Haggai's efforts were not in vain. Through his encouragement and that offered by his contemporary prophet Zechariah, the people completed building the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and dedicated it in 516. B.C. Now let's actually jump into the book itself, and I want to zoom in first in chapter 1 on verse 4. Is it a time for you to dwell in your paneled houses while this house is lying in ruins? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Addressing the Jews who returned to the land of Israel after 70 years of Babylonian exile, Haggai's mission is to motivate them to resume construction of the second temple. He begins by challenging them to reflect on their priorities and to consider what is more important, their comfort or God's. While they dwell in paneled houses, Hashem's house lies in ruins. The Hebrew term for paneled is sephonim. According to some, the panels were made out of cedar wood imported from Lebanon. Haggai is accusing the people of not learning from King David, who said to the prophet Nathan, Here I am dwelling in a house of cedar, while the ark of Hashem abides in a tent. David longed to overcome that disparity and build the first Beit HaMikdash temple, while the Israelites in Haggai's time are unconcerned. Haggai tries to break their complacency. Let's now jump into chapter 2 and zoom in on verse 9. 
the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former one, said the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will grant prosperity, declares the Lord of hosts. Now I believe that this verse actually has a double prophetic meaning to it. So he could be certainly referring to the second temple, which is soon to be built by the people. But it could also be a reference to the third temple, which has not yet been built. Now keep in mind that the very first temple did have the Shekinah, the glory of the presence of the Lord in it. It had the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And then because of the sin of the people and their idolatry and the paganism that crept into the temple itself and um, was being practiced by the priests, worshiping the sun, Baal worship, the cloud departed. And it didn't happen suddenly or quickly. It was like a, a slow process. At first it left the whole, most holy place. Then it left the holy place. Then it lingered in the outer courtyard. And then it left the temple area entirely. And then it parked itself up on the um, area of the Temple Mount, the Eastern Gate area. And then finally, the, the glory cloud left entirely. Now, the second temple, which is about to soon be built in the time of Haggai, when that temple was completed, the glory cloud never resided there. It never resided there. So coming back to this verse, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former one. That actually really wasn't true. The second temple, the glory of the second temple did not compare to the glory of the first temple. And so says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will grant prosperity, declares the Lord of hosts. So I think that really this verse is pointing us to the third and final temple where the very presence and glory of God will dwell. So this book really is is bringing out to us the very centrality and the very importance of the temple because it's the place where the glory of God is going to dwell. And it's not in New York or Miami or LA or Seattle or Paris or London or Rome. It's in Jerusalem. That is where the temple will be rebuilt, and that is where the very presence, the Shekinah, the glory of God will dwell. And so we need to get this on our radar scope. We need to study the temple and pray that it would be rebuilt. Not that we worship a brick-and-mortar building, but that we worship the one who dwells in it. Now, the Israel Bible commentary to this verse Verse 9, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former one. Uh, The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Haggai prophesies of a time when all the nations of the world will recognize Hashem, whose glory rests on the Beit HaMikdash in Jerusalem. Haggai promises that in this place I will grant shalom, translated here as prosperity, but generally meaning peace. The word makom, place, often refers to a sacred place that God chooses and specifically refers to Jerusalem. This promise of peace 
in Jerusalem corresponds with the tradition that Jerusalem is the city of peace and is reflected in the Hebrew name of the city. Jerusalem is derived from two words, Yerush, Shalom, an inheritance of peace. And finally, let's take a look at chapter 2, verse 15. And now take thought from this day backward, as long as no stone had been laid on another in the house of Hashem. If one came to a heap of twenty measures, it would yield only ten. And if one came to a wine vat to skim off fifty measures, the press would yield only twenty. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In this verse, the prophet addresses the mason's job of laying bricks to build the Beit HaMikdash. But it is likely that he is also speaking metaphorically about laying the bricks that construct society. Isaac Navone, a leading Israeli diplomat and playwright and Israel's fifth president, wrote beautifully about contributing bricks to the building of the State of Israel. The angel Gabriel, according to tradition, is responsible for the ferrying of souls in the land of Israel. If Gabriel came to me and said, Look, I'm willing to take your soul now and give it back to you at any period of time in the history of the nation of Israel, from the very beginning to this very day, I would not think of any other time other than Moses and the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. But other than that, there is no more important period in the history of Israel more interesting and also tragic, like the redemption after 2,000 years in exile. To be born at such a historical point in time, I'm glad that is what happened. And I could say in this colossal endeavor called the State of Israel, I too contributed a brick to this very important wall. Heavenly Father, I pray that in this day that you will show each and every one of us how we can lay a brick to the wall, to the building up of Israel, to the building up of Jerusalem, to the building up of your holy temple. And Lord, even a brick to the building up of the relationships in our life, in our families, our churches, our synagogues, our communities. May we be those who help to build and not tear down, to lay down bricks, to make our culture, our community, a better place, a place filled with light and love and joy and truth. We ask it in Yeshua's name. Amen. Vish Mareka Yah Adonai Vikuneka Leka, 
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.